Alrighty, well, I don't really need to do a huge introduction, but first and foremost, I'll say what's up to the Whoa That's Good fam. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Get ready, because if your week isn't going good, it's about to get so much better, because we have the one and only Craig Rochelle back on the podcast with a brand new book, Think Ahead, and I am so excited to talk about this, because all of us need help making decisions in our life. So Craig, welcome back to the podcast. Hey, Sadie. So glad to be back with you and um, super honored. I'm going to have to twist your arm and try to get you to come back to the church. Our, our church needs more Sadie. Oh, that's so sweet. Well, you don't have to twist my arm because we love your church. Christian and I had the best time and Christian would love any excuse to get to work out with you again, too. So that yeah. would be so fun. That's we'll, we'll do it. I, I, I hope he's still doing the cold plunge. He told me he was in and and uh, I'm watching for him on Instagram to see him doing the cold plunge. Oh, for sure. No. And you it's so funny because when I think about Christian's future goals, it is definitely you. I mean, he when we were there, he was like so inspired. He's like, OK, I can just so see this in my future. You were like eating your healthy lunches, working out, pastoring a church. And we're just very inspired by you and Amy. And I, I said this in a prayer a second ago, but y'all lead the world so well, but you lead your family so well. And so anytime we get a chance to be up close and learn from y'all is a huge blessing for us, for sure. Thank you. We look up to you guys. And and, and he did tell me, he said, he said, when I get really, really old, I want to be like you. So I, 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 <laughs> I get really, really old. That's what he told me. Yeah. How sweet. So. How kind. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, also, I just want to say, as I was reading through the book for the podcast, I saw that you put a story about um, something I spoke at Liberty's Convocation in here about influencing, yeah. which I thought that was really cool and um, grateful to get to, to make your book. Uh, I can't wait to talk about all of this. So first, we'll just start off by saying, you know, congrats on another book. This is what, Thank number you. 15, maybe way more than that. I, I think we tried to count, but maybe we just counted on one specific target because you've written so many books. But why this book? Why now? What's it all about? Well, this book is is a book I think is is overdue. Um, when you when you think about like your life, yeah, you and Christian, the trajectory of your lives are really a reflection of the decisions that you make. You know, what is your life? For the most part, it is the sum total of the decisions you make. So that the quality of the life you have in general is a reflection of the quality of the decisions that you make. And we all have really good intentions, right? Uh, especially early in the year. You know, we want to eat better or be better with our money or be closer to God or be better parents or whatever it is. We got really good intentions, but then we end up making really, really dumb decisions. <laughs> yep. And as a student of God's word first, and then just as a student of the mind and how things work, I really did a deep dive into the process of decision making. What works, what doesn't work, why do we end up self-sabotaging with bad decisions? And I learned so much that I've been trying to both apply to my life and also to teach others that I I thought this book was really timely to um, recognize why it is that we make the wrong decisions. And then just some very simple principles that we can make. And I, I just talk about pre-deciding a lot that we can choose ahead of time what we're going to do when we face a situation, because we often find ourselves in similar situations and we either consistently make the right decision or consistently make the wrong decision. So I want to help our readers determine what type of life they want to live. How can they honor God? And then let's make decisions today that will duplicate over and over and over again. Uh, because you, like you take your life and Christian's life, the, the influence you have, the integrity that you have, 
the reach that you have, the, the way you're able to bless people, it is not the result of, of three or four major life decisions. Mm-hmm. It is the result of hundreds upon hundreds yeah. upon hundreds of small, almost invisible decisions that other people don't see that you make consistently over time that leads to the life that you have. And so I want to help the reader to make those thousands of little decisions that all add up to a life that is 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 God honoring in every way. This is so good. I'm I'm so thankful that you wrote this book because I know I could use it. So much of the advice I was reading already, I was like, okay, writing this down, writing this down. Um, but I want to go so super practical before we go really deep because we're gonna go there. But first off, so I feel like some people truly just get so overwhelmed by making decisions in their life. I mean, over yes. being overwhelmed, you wrote this in the book, is one of the biggest problems as to like making a decision. And we have, I think you said 35,000, like on average decisions that we make um, just about mm-hmm. every day. So it's very overwhelming to think about that and all the decisions. And I'm going to out Christian here for a second because okay. I don't think he'll <laughs> care. He, he outs himself all the time on this podcast. But when we first met, he was so bad at making decisions. And it would be these smallest things like for the big things he could do it but it would be the small things that he would just get so like he didn't want to make it he would want me to make it for him and it would be like so silly so for instance Christian just about eats uh, at the time he was eating uh, cookies and cream ice cream and mint chocolate chip mixed every night like that was his thing he would get a little bit before bed every night well we went to TCVY one day and he's like what do you think I should get and he's like I'm kind of thinking about the cookies and cream and the mint chocolate chip and I think I'm going to get it mixed but do you think I'll like it and I look at him I say Christian you do this every (laughs) single night what do you mean do I think you're going to like it like Yes. And he said, well, I don't know if I'm going to like TCBYs. Like I do that at home with my bluebell, but I don't know. And it was just so funny because that's a small example, but it was like he couldn't commit to it because he was worried. Mm-hmm. What if like mine was better? You know, the, the one right. that I ordered or whatever. So I think that's a really small example of kind of a big problem that a lot of people face. And Christian and I, that, that opened the door for us to talk about, hey, why... Why do you like get overwhelmed in these small moments of what are you going to eat for dinner? What ice cream are you going to choose? And it kind of came to that realization that he was just worried that mine would be better than his, that he was going to make the wrong decision. And so talk to the person for a second who is like, they feel like their personality is not the personality that makes decisions. They'd rather someone make the decision for them. But the importance of them coming to that confidence in their own self to decide what ice cream they want. Yeah, right. Well, that's such a common issue today. And and we tend to think that more options makes decisions easier, but it's quite the opposite. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of like you're, you know, you, you want to watch some show on Netflix and when you've got hundreds to choose from, you can't choose. But if you get on an airplane and there's seven movies to choose from, you want to watch two of them. And, and so yeah. more options, oddly enough, don't make decision making easier. It makes it more, uh, more complicated. And what happens, you, you alluded to it, uh, there's several things, Sadie. One is we just get decision fatigue, meaning if it's at the end of the day and you're at TCBY and Christian's been making good decisions all day, and in the same way, if you carry boxes around for five hours, your body gets tired, the mind works the same way. If you make decisions all day long, which we do, your mind gets tired. Experts call it decision fatigue. Mm. So on a totally side note, one of the things in leadership I try to do is I try to make as few of decisions as possible. I will automate decisions. I'll make other. I'll have others make decisions about really small things, 
just to save my decision making muscles so I can make better decisions. But that's one thing. Uh, the other thing too is, is fear of missing out. Mm -hmm. And you know, if I get this one ice cream, I'm not going to get the other. And so what happens is a lot of people, they get paralyzed and they don't make any decision at all. Mm -hmm. You know, where should I go on this trip or what should I study in school or should I go to school or not go to school? And they become very indecisive. And, and whenever I'm like that, Sadie, I try to remind myself that no decision is a decision. Yeah. And this is a, this is a, a, a really difficult place to be. And I think especially for your generation coming up, you have more options, more opportunities than ever before. Right. And because of that, it's really easy to become indecisive. Uh, I always work in, in leadership. I would tell somebody, you know, an, an imperfect decision is often better than no decision at all. If you just create movement and, and you're, you, you know, if you wait until you're hundred percent sure about most things, you're going to be too late as it is. And so what we want to do is recognize, um, God is really, really good. He directs our steps. If we make a decision that's not perfect, he's still going to love us. He's still working in all things. And, and I just, I want to really try to help people have more confidence in their ability to make decisions, not second guess it. Um, it's easier to, turn a moving car. And so if we are moving in a direction, God can correct our steps rather than if we're standing still, we're not getting much done. So I, I hope the book really inspires people to have confidence to, that they can hear from God and, um, and that, that an imperfect decision doesn't necessarily ruin their life um, as, long as, we're, as long as we're humble and repentant and, and moving forward. I don't know if there's anyone out there like Christian and I, but we both get so hot when we sleep. It is like a thing. We both get hot. We wake up and we're like burning up no matter what the air is on. And I know for many of us, sleep can be such a difficult thing for many reasons. But luckily, Miracle Made is out there trying to make it easier for all of us with their self-cooling, that's right, you heard it, self-cooling, silver-infused fabrics inspired by NASA. Their sheets are thermoregulating and designed to keep you at the perfect temperature all night long. And let me just tell you, Christian and I will not use any other sheets after having Miracle Made. So say goodbye to waking up sweaty or shivering because Miracle Made wants to make sure you get Get better sleep every single night. The silver infused into Miracle Made sheets is not only great for temperature regulation, but it also prevents up to 99.7% of bacterial growth too. So that means your sheets are going to stay cleaner and fresher three times longer than any other sheets. And I am so down for anything that helps me do less laundry. With so much less bacteria in the bed, you don't have to worry too about your pores clogging and back breakouts and acne and all the things. It really is such a game changer. So not only are Miracle Made sheets super cool and clean, but they're also the most comfy. They feel like luxury sheets, but without the insane price tag, you'll feel like you're sleeping at a five-star hotel every night. And actually, we love our sheets so much that we bought another set of Miracle Made for our guest bedroom because we really want our guests who stay at our house to feel like they are at a hotel and just having some peace. And so we we're like, you know what? Only the best for our guests. And Miracle Made is where it's at. So go to trymiracle.com slash woe to try Miracle Made sheets today. And whether you're buying them for yourself or as a gift, to a loved one, which would be a great gift. If you order today, you can save over 40% off. And if you use our promo code WOE at checkout, you also get three free towels and save an extra 20% off. Miracle is also so confident in their product, it's backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you aren't 100% satisfied, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com slash WOE and use the code WOE to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, 
again, that's trymiracle.com slash woe to treat yourself. That's great. I love that so much. You, you say it in the book, and I actually just watched a YouTube video of you saying this as well, but you're talking about how maybe it will help you to make a day to make a decision, like set a date, mm-hmm. and that's the date yes. you're going to make a decision. Um, I thought that right. was really good advice. But then you also go into this thought of like, hey, it might... I know it's harder for people who have this like spiritual end sometimes because you're worried that you're going to make the wrong decision or you're going right. to mess up God's will. And I love how you just spoke to that because this year, so we always ask each other like birthday questions on our birthday. And it's, you know, what is something that you're taking with you from this year that you learned? And what is something that you're leaving behind? And this has been love such it. a good question for Christian and I to ask each other. And we've been able to kind of hold each other to what our answers have been. And this year, mine was to stop overthinking God. Like I think so many mm. times I overthink what what God's thinking, what God's doing. And then I'm mm-hmm. like, what if I mess it up and blah, 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 blah. And then what if he's not proud of me? All these things. And then I was like, you know, that's just not even true about him. You know, I'm like projecting on him the way that I respond to things, but that's not who he is. And so I just kind of got things straight on who I know God to be so that I'm not overthinking what he's thinking about me, you know, and in these decisions I'm making. So I love that you hit on that, that, hey, an imperfect decision, you know, is even better than not making any decision at all, because God is going to direct your steps and he will redirect your path, you know, and you look at all these swords in the Bible and they were doing things that weren't necessarily exactly what God said the plan was, but God would work it together for good. And you always want to try to be obedient to everything he's caused you to. You want to be in the pursuit of following his will. But if you're mm-hmm. in the pursuit of following him and your heart is towards him, um, I don't think, again, you're you're not going to mess it up too bad, you know? Right. Well, it, well, we do. We really want to honor God, right? And we're afraid if I do this wrong thing, what if I make the wrong career choice? Yes. Or what if I date the wrong person? Or um, it goes on and on. And so we kind of want almost like guarantees, like, okay, if I take this first step, God, what's the 10th step? Am I going <laughs> to be married to this person? Am I going to have the great ministry? What, what I've realized like when you think about scripture, Sadie, it says, you know, God's word is a lamp unto our feet, a light to our path. And so his word directs our steps. And if, if, I've, if his word is lighting my path, that might mean I can see what one or two or three steps ahead of me. Yeah. And I often don't want to take that first step unless I know the 10th. Yeah. But I think maybe God would say, you, you can't see step four until you take step one, step two, step three. Yeah. And then when you're at step three, then his word's going to illuminate the next you know, steps ahead. And so if sometimes I think if God would show us step 10, we'd never take step one because we'd too, be too afraid. So we, 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 we couldn't handle it. And, and he's maturing us step by step. He's growing us step by step. He's discipling us step by step. Sometimes he's correcting us step by yeah. step. And so let's just take another step. That is 100% true. If God showed me the whole path, I might have never walked right. down it. Um, but that's so cool uh, yes. that we're talking about this because I haven't even said this publicly, but I feel like I have to say this because if I don't say it, then y'all are going to think I wrote this book after this podcast, but I just finished um, my, my next book and I'm literally, I'm supposed to turn the edits tomorrow, like the final edits. And it's called, thank you. And it's called Next Step. And it's all based uh, off of your word is limited to my feet and lighten to my path. And the whole premise is like, it. he lights the next step, but not the whole path. And so I'm like, mm. if I don't say this right now, wow. you're going to see this and think I wrote this after this podcast, but I'm finishing it. But I think that this is so cool because this is like, 
not the first time this has happened where I'm writing something and another person and the church leadership is writing about the same thing. And I think that the Holy Spirit, um, obviously, I know that the Holy Spirit does this. This is what the Bible is. It prompts you to to write these things. And, um, you know, he's telling it to other people and their different voices and their different spheres of influence. And I feel like God really wants this generation to know that, that, hey, like, mm. be confident in the next step that you're taking and know that he mm. is lighting that path. And you're not going to see the vision for the whole path, but you're going to see the vision for the next step. And so right. this is so cool. I love that so much. It, I lo- I, I'd love to have you on our podcast talk about that. It is, it is so important too, because what happens a lot of times, as you know, like, you, you know, look at what you're doing today. Well, a year from now, God's going to have something entirely different for you. Yep. And you may even have a vision for it. Like last time we were together, you and Christian were telling me something that you were starting and you don't know how it's all going to come yeah. about. And so a big project can be overwhelming. We get analysis paralysis. We don't we don't do anything. And what, what I like to do, Sadie, is if I've got a big project, I don't like to put the project down as a goal. I like to put down what is the next That's step. Great. Just the next yeah. step. It could be just, it might be to call someone. It yeah. might be to, to do some research. It might be to write the outline. It might be the first page. But a project, a goal, a vision, a dream is overwhelming, mm-hmm. but everyone can take one more step. Yeah. And so if you're if you're planning something, that's just a little thought too, decision-making is you don't have to decide everything, just decide what's necessary and then keep things moving. So I can't wait to uh, to read your new book. And, and I think it's going to be super that's helpful. That's so cool. This is so good. This is just so affirming to this because I do think that so many people are paralyzed and not able to take the next step because they're so overwhelmed by the end goal. But it's like, hey, you're not going to get there unless you take that next step and um, start walking in that direction. So this is just so good. So helpful. Affirming to things that I've been feeling for myself. Um, Gosh, there's so many things that you wrote in this book that I love. One is that you talk about pre-deciding and you mentioned this earlier. Mm -hmm. And I've never really thought about this. Like, what is your pre- um, what are those pre-decisions that you've already made that's going to help you whenever a big decision mm-hmm. comes up? Can you kind of go through mm-hmm. what that is? And I love how you reference it to Bible stories like Abraham and Daniel yeah. and different things. Yeah. So, so, so let's think about it. Um, tomorrow, you're going to have so many decisions. What are you going to eat? What are you going to wear? Who are you going to talk to? What are you going to do with your day? Um, what happens when you're tempted? Uh, what if someone puts the wrong food in front of you? What if you're tempted to look at the wrong thing, say the wrong thing, gossip on and on and on and on. And you know, to some degree, what's, what many of those decisions are going to be. If we take today, Sadie, and say, what do you value? What's most important to you? In fact, let's just play that game right now. Like, let's, I'll ask you for real. What are some things that are really important to you? What, what are some things that you and Christian value? Okay. This is good. Well, Obviously, I feel like first answer you have to say our faith. We value our yes. faith and our time with the Lord. Right. Um, we value so much our time with each other and our kids. That's probably like right. our biggest thing right now is time with Honey and right. Haven. Um, we value, this is like a small thing, but we value like walks together as a family, um, which it. is part of our time together. We value mm-hmm. hosting our friends. We love having our friends over and our mm-hmm. sermon squad is what we call them. Um, okay. So yeah, we value a lot of things, family time. Okay. So yeah. So you value, you value God and his word. You value your marriage and your children. You value relationships. So what's going to happen tomorrow? Well, you're going to have a lot of opportunities to be distracted from those things, right? 
someone's going to invite you to go do something. You can't see Christian. You're going to have an opportunity. You got to do this one thing. And so you can't spend time with the, the kids. You'll, um, someone will tempt you to gossip about someone and to disobey God's word or whatever it's going to be. So if you, if your values are clear, mm -hmm. your decisions are easier. It's good. We start with the values today. If I talk to Christian, he'd probably say those same things. And, and knowing him, he'd talk about um, honoring God with his body, right? Mm -hmm. So he's going to value what he eats. He's going to value, um, you know, time working out, some things like that. So if we're really, really clear about our values today, when the decisions come tomorrow, we can already say, when I face this certain situation, I have pre-decided X, if you if you really know, and, and oddly enough, walks, you talk about that in time with each mm -hmm. other. I think that is one of the most valuable things you can do in your marriage. It's incredibly common how walking um, helps marriages. And I'll, and I'll tell you why, if you'll let me chase a little rabbit Love it. based on research. Yep. One is anytime you're outside and there's no roof over your head, but you're in God's creation that tends to, it opens up conversation. Mm -hmm. Secondly is women generally love face-to-face -face time. Guys are better side to side. <laughs> so when a guy is walking with his wife, he's much more open and transparent. Mm -hmm. You're away from kids, you're away from everything else. And that a lot of research shows that that's one of the best contributors to good marriage, oddly enough, is walking. That's so cool. Um, and then there's other things too, like if we had time to talk about it, like with families, camping is a big thing or anything that's, mm. you know, there's, so there's lots of research on it. But back to your, your question is if you value um, eating well to honor God, if you predecide tomorrow what you're going to eat today, then when you go to the office, you've got the right snacks or the right food there, and someone brings in two dozen donuts, you're not going to eat three of them because you've already pre-decided what's going to happen. Uh, the same would be true with your time with Christian. If you pre-decide that Wednesday night is date night mm -hmm. and nothing, almost nothing gets in the way of that, whenever you get in, you know, hey, can you come speak at this event on say, Wednesday night? Like, actually, no, we've already pre-decided that's our date yeah. night. And so what we want to do is we want to be really clear with our values and then we want to put some parameters when faced with this situation. Yeah. This is what I've already pre-decided to do. It automates our decisions. It keeps us on the right track. It eliminates a lot of temptations. And it just is very effective for, for avoiding temptation, for doing the right thing, mm -hmm. for protecting our relationships, for choosing to honor God. And it's, it's, it's a game changer if someone takes it seriously. That is so good. I love that. That's such great, helpful, practical advice. And I feel like if anyone's listening right now, that is a great next step for you to go and ask yourself, what do you value? Write it down, put it on the notes in your phone, actually think about it, share it with a friend. So that way you're actually taking steps and making better decisions for tomorrow. Um, I love how you keep saying, um, because you wrote about this in the book, about temptations, because we're going to mm -hmm. face temptations. And you made a very clear statement that to be tempted is not... Not, that doesn't mean that you're sinning when you're tempted. Um, it's whenever mm -hmm. you act on those temptations. And I love that you put that in the book because that is something that so many people, I think, wonder about and wrestle with. Mm -hmm. So can you talk a little bit about facing temptations and when it becomes a sin? 
So many of our family members have truly grown so much from their experience of going to Liberty University. It has been such a gift for our family, and I'm so thankful that Liberty has been training champions for Christ for more than 50 years. Liberty offers more than 350 residential study programs to choose from, so you're definitely going to find a way to turn your passion into a career. Liberty has a beautiful 7,000-acre campus, state-of-the-art facilities, and NCAA Division I sports programs. Their football team has even made it to their first appearance in a huge New Year's bowl game, which was awesome. We were so excited to fan the flames. Plus, Liberty offers tons of scholarships and discounts to help you achieve your dreams at a price that won't break the bank. I love taking online classes personally from Liberty, and I know that you will too. Um, My sister actually just graduated from Liberty University. My brothers both went to Liberty University. I mean, really, so many people in my family have gone and just been so successful from it. So I actually took a semester at Liberty University whenever the pandemic hit. I had a little bit of extra time on my hands, so did a semester, and it was so great. One thing that was really cool about it was just how flexible it was with my schedule. Um, With your schedule, too, it'll fit with anyone's schedule. It's kind of a Monday-to-Monday, eight-week program, and honestly, um, it was very doable. It was awesome. I learned so much. I did the Old Testament, the survey, the Old Testament, and the New Testament, and the things that I learned during that one semester are things I'm still preaching on, and so really, really beneficial. I hope to do more one day, but it was great, and I know that you'll love it too. So if you're a transfer student or a high school student, second semester, sophomore, junior, or senior, you and your family can check out Liberty University in person at college for a weekend coming up April 4th through 6th. This three-day event lets you attend classes, explore campus, and eat in Liberty's new dining hall, as well as connect with other students at fun events. It's amazing. And let me just tell you, I just personally went to the new dining hall. It is insane. If I went to college there, I would be there all day, every day. It would probably not be good for me, but it would be a great time. So start your future now by going to liberty.edu slash Sadie. And because you're a Well That's Good podcast listener, you'll get your application fee waived. So don't wait. Go to liberty.edu slash Sadie now and get started on your future goals today. I would love to. Yeah. So that, that's, you know, any, anytime we sin against God, somewhere in the process, we made a decision to do so. What's interesting is there's probably two or three or four steps before we actually make a bad decision. Uh, there might be, you visually see something that's tempting, or your mind starts thinking about something that's tempting, or someone else offers you something that's tempting. To be tempted is not a sin. Mm-hmm. Then what happens, Sadie, is, is to in some form or fashion, we start desiring it. Maybe we start meditating on it. Maybe we start rationalizing out. Maybe we start making a deal like, well, just this once. Mm-hmm. But our mind starts drifting toward it. And then we might circle it or we might, you know, fight against it a little bit. And then eventually we, we make a decision. Uh, if if we recognize there's often two or three or four or five or six steps before we actually give in. What could we do to eliminate those two or three or four or five things and never let them happen? That's what I want to do. And, and so in the book, it's in, in many ways, it's kind of like a workbook, is I want to help the reader to be really, really honest about where they might be vulnerable. And, and I tell them, you know, very directly, is, when you think about this, is you are only as strong as you are honest. Hmm. Uh, so let's take me, for example. To, to honor Amy and to have a good marriage 33 years in, I need to guard my eyes. I need to guard my mind to, to continue to be a faithful pastor. I can't put myself in compromising situations. 
And so in order to do so, what have I done? I've, I'm putting distance between as much distance between me and any kind of sexual temptation, any kind of financial temptation, anything that could be harmful to my relationship with God, to my intimacy with, with Amy. I'm going to put distance between there. And I write about in the book and, and the, and I'll just be super transparent with you. Like, uh, and, I, and I wrote about this, all my devices, my phone, my computer, my iPad, all that. Uh, they are locked down into the best of my technological ability. I have no way to look at something that would be inappropriate. Um, someone smarter than I could possibly do it, but I can't. I can't. I, I, I can't download apps. I've got content blocked. There's certain apps I just don't have on there. And it's not because it's it's not that dangerous to me today at this age as it was, would have been 20 years ago. But at some moment in time, if I'm weak, if I'm vulnerable, I could be tempted to look at the wrong thing. Yeah. Why would I resist that temptation in the future if I have the power to eliminate it today? So good. Uh, let's say three, yeah. three months from now, I'm in, a, I'm in a weak spot and I go, ah, oh, just look at this one thing. Oh, no big deal, whatever. And I, I look then. If I can eliminate that and just take that option away now. Why would I not, not do that? Yeah. And so that's what we look at in the book is, is how can we create lots of margin and distance between anything that we're vulnerable? And it could be with our diet. It could be with spending habits. Yeah. You know, you may have to give, if you overspend on Amazon, you may have to give your Amazon password to your spouse or to a friend. If you, you know, wh whatever it is, um, we want to, we want to create distance. And so that, that decision in the book, I call it being ready. Let's, let's be honest about where we're weak. Let's be honest about where we're vulnerable. Let's invite accountability in. Let's, let's ask for help. It's, it's never a sign of weakness to ask for help. It's always a sign of wisdom. And so if we can be transparent and, and know the, the enemy is going to attack you, Sadie, somewhere. It's going to be comparison or jealousy or uh, competitiveness or distraction, whatever it is. You know where it's probably going to be. What can you do today to help eliminate the threat of that um, upcoming attack? And that's what we're talking about in thinking ahead. Think, pre-decide how to keep a distance from uh, the devil's attacks. That is so good. That was like um, a whoa, that's good five minutes. If you're going to go back and listen to anything, you need to go back and listen to those five minutes and take seriously everything that he just said, because um, I love that. People don't think about that, that who they want to be in the future really starts with today, with today. what you're mm -hmm. deciding to do today and to be intentional about that. I love, I think there was a quote in your book that said something along the lines of, you're never faithful by accident. And right. I thought that was really good and just kind of like mm -hmm. an eye-opening um, word of, you know, mm -hmm. faithfulness doesn't happen by accident. It happens by intention, mm -hmm. it, by being intentional mm -hmm. about how you're going to be faithful. And it doesn't matter how awesome of a person you are. I think I'm so glad that you are so vulnerable in sharing that because people can look at you and be like, oh, he's Craig Show. He's a pastor. He's a husband. He's the father. He's all these things. But you're also human. And all... Right humans have fallen short of the glory of God, but also continue to be tempted by the enemy and are not free from, you know, getting those temptations and those distractions and whatnot. And so, and for myself, I'm the same way. All the ones that you listed, I was like, oh shoot, he reading my mail. That's exactly the things I struggle with. He's calling me out. It's so good. I, I do get distracted. I, that was a huge thing for me. I get so distracted and I can struggle with those feelings of jealousy and comparison and 
one thing that's really helped me is just like confessing that to Christian and having mm-hmm. someone that I'm actually just so honest and open with about things. We we were having this moment at dinner the other night and I said, can I just tell you something that is so dumb, but I just need to say it. And I was telling him about just a thinking pattern that had started to form in my mind that was just so much, I guess, less than what I know is true about how God would want me to think and how I even want to think. And I was just like, I just want to admit this verbally because this is actually not what my heart believes is true. This is not even what I, my mind believes is true, but this is a thought pattern that has begun to form and it shaped the way I, I act sometimes and I, I don't like it. So I'm just telling you this. And he was like, I'm so glad you told me that because I think the same thing. I've been like struggling with the same thing. And I was like, okay, one, that makes me not feel as bad, but two, it makes me like so thankful that we share that because that isn't good. Like we, that is less right. than what we're called to and who we are and what we believe is true. And even just verbally saying it, it helped us actually shift because now it wasn't this sure. like thing that was allowed to just live in my brain. It was like, now when I think about it, it's gone. I'm like, nope, not true. I already dealt with that. And um, mm-hmm. we actually were able to pray with each other about it. And it was just really, really cool. So I love just the power of confessing these things and actually being intentional about it. That's, that's so smart on so many levels. I just kind of want to point out why, because it might help someone who's in a similar place. Uh, if you have, if you keep those thoughts to yourself, sin grows best in the dark, yeah. right? Yeah. But the moment you confess it, it's no longer in the dark, it's in, it's in the light. Then you've got someone else who's praying for you, you've got accountability. And then in, it's, it's interesting, but when you verbally speak the truth, you're starting to renew your mind. And so you're, you're saying this thought is not true, and that's creating a new neural pathway in your brain. And you're saying, no, here's what God's word says is true. Yeah. And so you're, you're renewing your mind and you're giving life to it. And so that is so important. And then if you start to go down that path, Christian knows and he can help um, hold you accountable. And that's the second type of confession most people forget about. So if you're if you know you're stuck somewhere, you confess to God. Mm-hmm. OK, why do we confess to God? We actually confess to God for forgiveness. Mm-hmm. If you confess your sins to God, he's faithful and just to forgive your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. But there's a second confession that you did that a lot of people don't. And that's confessing to people. And James says, we confess to one another our sins and pray for each other so you may be healed. That's why it's brilliant. Mm -hmm. Not only has God forgiven you, but by confessing it to someone else, you find healing. And that's the next step. We don't want to just be forgiven for our sins, Mm -hmm. but we want to be healed from them. So all that to say, there's a lot of brilliance in that. And I think that's one of the reasons why you have such a great marriage and such a um, big impact is because of your transparency Mm. and he doesn't think less of you because of that. He actually connects with you, right? Yeah. We, we, we impress people with our strengths, but we connect through our weaknesses. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what you're doing. So That's cool. Um, that's so true. There's a lot of levels of smart to that. Well done. That's cool. That's actually really true. We connect so much over the weaknesses. And it is, I mean, it, it's true. Whenever you're about to confess something to someone, even my husband, who's my best friend and I love him, I was so nervous because I feel like, oh, this is so dumb. You know, I wish I didn't think like this or I'm embarrassed that I think like this. But um, yeah, it wasn't, there was no shame in that. I mean, I think too, you got to be smart with who you share it to so that you don't feel that shame or they don't respond in like a lack of empathy way. But for him, it happened to be something he struggled with too that he hadn't shared with me. So it was actually a really beautiful moment. Um, So that's really cool that you bring that up and you bring that to light because it's true. That was a really powerful moment for us in our marriage. Um, I love how you are so... um, 
like straight up about all the things that I guess straight up about the things that we go through that are just less than the life that God has for us. And one of the, I think it's like the tagline of y'all's church, maybe the mission statement says to lead people to become fully devoted followers of God. And I just, I love that because I don't think you see that a lot in churches these days, unfortunately, is that call to be fully devoted. You know, I think Mm -hmm. there's a lot of people and maybe it's not necessarily the church's fault, but people, they just want to, they want church to be kind of a part of their life. You know, they kind of want some advice here and there, but like, they're still going to live their life. Like don't call to fully devote, you know, don't call to pick up your cross. But it's it's in that full devotion that you really get the beauty that God has designed for you to live. And so why is it so important to you to call people to that full devotion and also, you know, to be a leader of leaders? Why do you continue to help people become better versions of themselves? What kind of keeps you um, going with that? Most of you probably already know that Christian and I have been drinking AG1 for a long time. And today I've got a special offer for y'all so that you can get started optimizing your own health. For the last several years, AG1 has been a part of our daily routine at the Huff House. We love that AG1 makes taking care of your health so simple. It's just one scoop in cold water once a day, and you really can't get much easier than that. I love the boost of energy that I get from AG1. It helps me get through very busy days. And each serving of AG1 delivers my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre and probiotics and more. And I honestly really don't like mixing and matching powders and pills and all the things. So I'm thankful that AG1 is an all-in-one solution to getting what my body needs and nothing that it doesn't. And also it's not a complicated routine. The travel packs also make it super easy to stay healthy when I'm on the go. Uh, I can just put them in my purse, in my backpack um, whenever I'm traveling. And it's great because it's so hard to stay healthy on the road. This is a great way to just add to your routine, throw in your purse and know that you're getting all the things that your body needs. We really have seen such great results in our family. Christian's dad seen so many cool health benefits from it um, that aren't even things that are promised on here. It just ultimately does so many great things for your body because of the vitamins that are in it. So if there's one supplement that you should start with, it's definitely AG1. And that's why I partnered with them for so long. So if you want to take ownership of your health, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 plus K2. And for a limited time, you'll get 10 free AG1 travel packs. Yes, that is 10 travel packs with your first purchase at drinkag1.com slash woe. Again, that's drinkag1.com slash woe. Check it out while this offer lasts. I, I think, Sadie, I think people have no idea what, when Jesus came to bring life to the full, that, that doesn't mean it's without pain. It doesn't mean without, it's without persecution, but that means that there is, there is meaning and joy and purpose and contentment and satisfaction and, and peace in the will of God. And again, it doesn't mean that it's easy, but um, if we're not calling people to like total self-denial and total surrender, you know, trust in the Lord with all your heart. It doesn't say with 87% of your heart, mm. right? You know, yeah. I trust you with some things, but not, not other things. Um, and, and I'm not saying I'm there by any means, but I'm saying I do understand that, that full surrender, dying to yourself, meaning it is not about me, not about my goals, my influence, my status. It's, it's all about him. When we get to that place, there's a transformation that takes place in our lives. And we just stop caring about what people think, about what we have, what we don't have, about this, the human scoreboard. And we start playing by eternal rules, not by the temporary rules of this world. Yep. 
it's really hard to get there. And if I, if I preach a message that's kind of like a self-help, get a little bit better message only, that'll help you maybe lose some weight or <laughs> save some money. Um, but that's not going to create generations of children and grandchildren that fear the Lord and serve him faithfully. And so I think if we, if we really understand what's possible and the pathway there is a full on death to self, surrender to Jesus, glorify him and nothing, nothing less than that. It, it actually, in my opinion too, it's more appealing. Yeah. It's not a go to church and get a little bit better. It's a go to church and the old is gone. The new has come. Yep. You know, it's a, I mean, it's, that's pretty big that you, you can, that you can have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithful, gentleness, and self-control. That's a pretty good thing, right? Yeah. That, that you, that you can overcome this world by the blood of the lamb, by the words of your testimony, that you can do all things through Christ and you can find contentment in him. And, and so the word is powerful. And if we read it for what it is, it's not a halfway kind of part. Jesus is not an add on. Hmm. He, he is, he is, he is everything. And if we, if we settle for anything less than that, we're missing out on the fullness of what God has for us. Wow. Come on. I, I keep saying, go back and listen, because I just want everyone to know like the importance of what you're saying. This is huge. I love that You said Jesus is not an add on. And I think if we're honest with ourselves, a lot of us can look at our lives and ask ourselves the question, has Jesus become an add on in our life or is he mm-hmm. everything in our life? Um, mm-hmm. I think what an add on might look like is you have something along the lines of a Bible verse in your bio on Instagram, but your life doesn't right. reflect anything yeah. that you're living. That would be an add on, but not in everything. Um, you see that a lot in people like their, their bio is a scripture, but their feed is completely counter, um, counteracting what they, what they put in their bio. And so don't just have an add on a Jesus. He needs to be your everything. And, and if he's mm-hmm. not, then, then start reading, start asking the mm-hmm. questions, start seeking, start asking him. Um, I love, this is just so important. This is so good. One of the things you talk about in the book made me laugh because this is actually something that um, happens to me a lot. So you're talking about how no matter where you are, people ask you to pray for things. If if you're in the room, they're like, Craig can pray, Craig can pray. And it's kind of like become a funny thing with my friend group because it really does not matter where I'm at. Um, if, if I'm in a circle of people, they're like, oh, Sadie, you say the prayer. Um, and it's just mm-hmm. been like some funny moments. Like for instance, um, I was at this engagement party for a couple and I'm a friend of the couple, but I didn't know their families at all. I was just like truly peeking in and about to leave. I had honey with me. And um, my friend's mom, who I didn't really know their family, was like, Sadie, can you say the prayer for uh, mm-hmm. the engagement? And I was like, sure. And so then everyone's just kind of there. And this is like a big family gathering. I don't know anyone. And she's like, okay, can you also get everyone together? And I was like, sure. And so I'm like, hey, everybody, we're going to come in here. And I'm like, we just want to say a huge congrats to this couple. And I say their prayer. And then later, me and my friend started dying laughing. I was like, I probably should not have been the person doing that because I was like the person that didn't know anyone. But wow. I am comfortable in those situations. I'm, I'm happy yep. to bring people together and pray, of course. And I was at a rehearsal dinner recently. And again, I probably should have been the last one in the room to maybe be leading the prayer, but you know, they looked at me to pray. And I love how you say this. You say, when you know who you are, you know what to do. And mm-hmm. that's so true. I think like back in the day, my high school self would have felt so awkward in those moments and I would have right. been awkward about it. But now I'm like, 
you know what? It is kind of funny because maybe I shouldn't technically be the one praying in this situation, but I do know who I am and I do know what to do in these moments. And I'm thankful that they know that I'm a person who can pray in this situation and I'm happy to do that. And so can you speak to that a little bit about the person who maybe is in that awkwardness or like, oh, I'm kind of awkward with who God called me to be, but wanting to step into the fullness. Yeah. So, so I love you asked that in the chapter in the book that reflects that and your story, which I want to tell is, uh, I will be an influencer. We're going to pre-decide if you're a follower of Jesus, what are you? You're the salt of the earth. You're the light of the world. And that means if you walk in the room, light walks in the room. If you walk in the room, hope walks in the room. You're an ambassador. What, what is an ambassador? It is the highest ranking representative. So you are the highest ranking representative sent by God from heaven to earth to represent the goodness of Jesus. And what I would say a couple things, Sadie, is in those meetings, you're comfortable praying because you know who you are in Christ. But everybody else wants you to pray because you're Sadie Robertson. And what I would say to every other Christian in the room is you are every bit as capable as Sadie to pray that prayer because you don't need followers to pray that prayer. You need to be a follower of Jesus. And when you're a follower, you are capable to pray. Your prayer is just as powerful. And I would want everyone in the room to see themselves as an influencer. And that chapter, oddly enough, was born out of me watching your talk at Liberty. It's so and cool. I am, am actually a ridiculous fan of your preaching. Hmm. I think that your faithfulness to the word is uh, every sermon I've, I've heard you preach, you go deep into the word, very, very grounded in the word, very, very applicable. Um, and there's not many people that do both. Hmm. You do, you're, it's very, 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 very good preaching. And so somehow I heard about that sermon, looked it up on and watched you. And you asked early on, how many of you are influencers? Raise your hand to like whatever, 20,000, 30,000 students at Liberty University. And they're all looking at you going, Sadie's an influencer, but I'm not. And so only a few people raise their hands. And then you kind of turned it on them and and said, actually, you know, every single one of you, you're called to be an influencer. And, and I would just say that to everyone who's listening to your podcast right now, you don't need a title to be an influencer. You don't need a, a job to be an influencer. You don't need a blue check mark to be an influencer because you have the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of you. God has chosen you. You can be a word of encouragement. You can bring God's word. You can pray the prayer. You can be a witness. You can point someone to Jesus. You, you can, you may be the only uh, someone else said you may be the only Bible that they ever read and you want to, you want to be that. And so, um, in, in fact, I would just say to someone listening right now, if there's someone on your heart, you may be the witness they're supposed to hear from. If there's so you know, you pray, um, if you haven't let the light shine in a long time, pre-decide every day today, I'm going to be a witness everywhere I am. I'm representing Jesus. I'm not, I'm not, a witness because I'm a pastor, because I'm a YouTuber. I'm a witness because I'm a follower of Jesus. That's so good. I am like, I can't stop smiling because I'm so excited for people to listen to this podcast and be encouraged by this word. And he's absolutely right. Every one of us are are an influencer. I have a sign up right here by my desk that says, be an influencer worth following. And um, that's a call to 
all of us because there are a lot of influencers out there with a blue check mark that uh, aren't really doing much influencing. What What right. is influencing if you're not influencing, right? Be one worth following. Um, friends, I am so pumped for y'all to hear the, these words, but not only hear them, but take them and bring them into action. And this is only a small snippet of all the things that Craig talks about in his book, Think Ahead. Obviously, if you don't follow Craig Grishaw on Instagram, you need to be following him follow his leadership podcast. There are so many great resources that he's putting out to help us become better versions of who God created us to be. And for that, Craig, we are so thankful. Again, we love looking up to you uh, from afar and up close for how you lead your family and lead your church and your life so well. So thank you for this. Uh, I I can't wait to listen back to this because I'm like so encouraged by everything you said. Thank you. Well, thanks for having me on. And and truly, Amy and I love you guys so much. I, I We need to have you back and um, have Christian in the gym. We're going to go again. Well, we're there as soon as the invite's there. We're on the plane. We we love you guys. Y'all are awesome. Love it. Hey, thanks so much. It's an honor to be with you and um, can't wait to do, do it again.